0: You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. My guest on The Luxury Item is Martin Droy, Vice President of Global Marketing at French Premium Vodka brand, Grey Goose. Grey Goose was launched in 1997 by American businessman Sidney Frank, who saw a gap in the market for super-premium vodka. Frank collaborated with cellar master Francois Thibault, who was earlier making cognac, to develop the recipe that has catapulted the super-premium vodka brand to icon status worldwide. In a market dominated by Russian brands and Sweden's Absolute Vodka, its rise to prominence and a $2 billion sale to Bacardi in less than 10 years can be a luxury branding masterclass. As the global VP of Grey Goose, Martin Doudroy is a seasoned spirits professional who oversees the Grey Goose business globally, focusing on USA and Western Europe markets. Prior to joining Bacardi Limited over two years ago, Martin worked at Pernod Ricard for over seven years. And before that, he held various roles at Moet Hennessy for over 11 years, working across many regions in both Europe and North America. Welcome to The Luxury Item, Martin. Thank you, Scott. Great to be here. Thank you so much for joining me. So I want to start things off by talking about the premium vodka market. Vodka has historically failed to premiumize in the same way other spirits have. The industry had struggled to make the case that consumers should invest in higher quality. But shifting preferences has seen premium vodka begin to differentiate itself. And now, from what I've read, high-end and super premium vodka now outsell value vodka. So why have consumer demands changed?
1: Well, I think it's uh, it's due to one brand, Grey Goose, and it's obviously due to consumers as well. For me, it points to the consumer's continued education on spirits overall and on vodka in particular, or how vodka is created and if you look back in 1997, uh, Grey Goose was launched and really led the charge in premiumizing this category and, you know, changing people's perception of vodka. If you, if you look back before Grey Goose, vodka was really considered as, as an odorless, tasteless spirit somehow, right? That, that right. you can put in anything and, um, and no other brand had really taken the time to, to change that perception, and Gregus was really is able to establish itself as the super premium vodka because of its quality of ingredients and because also of a unique process that is a single distillation, which allows to express the flavors of the wheat and resulting in a smooth and naturally rich and full body taste, which is really different to what was done before and and as consumers have become more knowledgeable about you know, the flavor notes in spirits and then flavor notes in vodka and how to distinguish in taste, then the demand for quality vodka, for luxury vodkas has grown tremendously. And, and if I look at um, you know, even today, the evolution of consumers' relationship to luxury, it is a lot more about quality even than it was uh, 25 years ago. It's about quality and naturality of the ingredients when it comes to luxury food and drinks. And this is where Gregus excels. So even if I look at vodka overall as a category today, um, according to to our own research, the demand for vodka-based cocktails increased by 50% in the on-premise accounts. So what we call on-premises bar, restaurants, hotel, where where you consume on the premise. Um, So 50% increase in the US since 2020. and, And so for me, it's really about the more a consumer understands how a certain product is made, the more we give them the information, uh, the more likely they are to seek uh, the, the highest quality version of it, which is, in the case of vodka, the highest quality is Grey Goose.
0: What kind of role did the pandemic play in people discovering you know, super premium vodka when they had more time to stay at home and do a little bit mm-hmm. more research?
1: No, it, it's uh, it's a great question. Actually, if we if we look at um, the the impact of the pandemic, you know, the first thing that we did at, at Bacardi, so Gregus belongs to uh, to Bacardi Group, mm-hmm. and the first thing that we did was really to support um, our our accounts, right? Uh, support the um, the on premise, the bars, etc., that were closed. But in terms of consumer behavior, what we've seen is people being at home. They were suddenly much more interested in doing their own cocktails, right? They couldn't get great quality cocktails in a, a bar or a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So um, they started to make cocktails at home. And um, as they did so, they were looking for simple cocktails to make as well. And the reality is vodka is the most versatile spirit, right? So it allows for endless possibilities when, when creating new cocktails. So when we we saw that trend, we give them the content on our social media, we give them the recipes, the videos, And we also identified that consumers were inclined to spend more money on premium spirits like Grey Goose. Because if you think about it, you're you're willing to pay maybe $12 $12 for a cocktail in the bar when you're at home. Let's get a a luxury vodka to create your own cocktail that's going to cost you $30 to make a few cocktails. And so treat yourself. And so people were inclined to buy super premium, but also they were inclined to to buy the brands they know and they trust. And Grey Goose is definitely one of the brands people know. It's the the highest awareness among all vodkas and the brand that they trust because of its quality. So, So that's what happened during the pandemic. But what is interesting is when people were allowed to safely go out again, we saw a massive resurgence of luxury cocktails I would say because for me the martinis so we see a huge martini cocktail resurgence across the U.S. and internationally and, and to me that's kind of the, the, the top cocktail in in terms of the experience of a, of a great quality drink and these martinis be, became really a fixture in bar and restaurants and people are willing to, to pay a higher price are willing to choose the highest quality ingredients in a martini and we've seen the martini in the fashion world in celebrity world and really embraced by a younger consumer in a different way that maybe the perception was pre-pandemic with with country club and, and, you know, steakhouses type of connotations, right? And uh, we've also seen during the pandemic and post-pandemic opportunities to grow the vodka category with innovations. And in 2020 with Grey Goose, we launched Grey Goose Essences, which is a a very innovative new product, a line of fruit and botanical-infused vodkas, that includes uh, three, uh, three, line three three lines or three flavors. Sorry, one is strawberry and lemongrass, the other one watermelon and basil, and the third one white, white peach and rosemary. And, and these are not you know, the same as the classic flavored vodka that we may be uh, familiar with. So we've created them with a the new infusion process that really captures the crisp and the natural mix of flavors from the ingredient we carefully choose um, with our flavor houses. And uh, we really launched essences to meet this consumer desire that we've seen as well during the pandemic for simple, easy to make cocktails that really boasts the natural ingredients, vibrant flavors, great quality. So it is made to be basically um, mixed with soda water or or, um, or tonic, right? As simple as that. And then you get a great quality uh, cocktail, you know.
0: So vodka has been the top-selling spirit in the U.S. since the 1970s, generating more than like $7.3 billion in revenue in 2021. However, vodka's growth has slowed significantly in recent years as other spirits like tequila and whiskey have taken larger chunks of the market share. And reports are even saying that the whiskey category will overtake vodka by volume by the end of this year. What ways can the vodka category innovate and explore new opportunities to keep it from being disrupted and maintain its dominant position?
1: No, great question. There is definitely um, a trend that other spirits have experienced in in the last few years, a surge of interest in other spirits. You mentioned whiskey. Uh, Tequila is a a category of spirit that has experienced a lot of growth as well. But if you look at, at the big picture, actually, vodka has actually continued to remain the most popular spirits overall. And overall, one, one in every three drinks is, is vodka-based. Um, so vodka is ever-relevant, a lot of interest, um, again, in a bar, restaurant, nightclub, but also at home. You know, And we, we just did actually um, a Google search recap of the uh, top 10 trending cocktails. Out of those top 10, five mm-hmm. of them are made with vodka. Five, mm-hmm. so half of them are made with vodka, right. including a Dirty Martini, Espresso Martini, Lemon Drop Martini are all in the top 10 so that, that's quite fascinating and, and in fact in the past fiscal year if you look at gregus we have actually had tremendous growth uh, above like really high double digit year over year a number that we had not seen for many years so we see the vodka category yes has um, you know there are always cycles somehow uh, other other categories have grown but vodka is still extremely strong and uh, i think it is it is based on consumer demand for the simple cocktails consumer demands for s- classic cocktail that are coming back as well, classic cocktail from the nineties. I mentioned the Martini, Cosmopolitan Mm -hmm. is another one, Uh, but also of the innovations, you know, I just mentioned Grego's essences before, but we have managed to find ways to capture the attention of the consumer and really understand what they're looking for and, and, you know, launch innovation that are really grounded in consumer insight. And that's how this this vodka category can remain at the top of uh, all spirits.
0: And for the 11th straight year, France has accounted for more than 40% of U.S. vodka imports by value and Grey Goose being the largest by retail value. And so in general, what makes French vodka different from other vodkas?
1: You're talking to a French person. so I of your I question, of course.
0: <laughs> I, I had to go right to the source.
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed. So France, has, as you know, has a long history of producing some of the world's finest culinary foods and drinks, you know, and so... Greggus is actually the first vodka that, that was really uh, marketed um, as a large, you know, big vodka coming from France. And the first one to be distilled by what we call a maître de chai, so it's a cellar master. Um, and uh, we have always placed huge emphasis on the provenance of our ingredients. And we've been able from day one to source the best of the best from the country of origin of France in this case, so if we look at the, the composition of Grey Goose, it's very simple, two ingredients. The first one is wheat. The second one is water. And we choose the best soft winter wheat that comes from Picardy. So Picardy is north of Paris, and it is known as the bread basket of France. So if you think about French pastries, that's where the, the wheat okay. is going to come from. So we use that type of wheat. And we source our water from a dedicated limestone that is in a small village called Jean Sac-Lapalue. That's where we have our bottling facility. It is in the region of the city of Cognac. And our cellar master, Francois Thibault, he has guided the brand since with it's creation in 1997. So he's the the creator of Grey Goose. He chose the ingredients sourcing. He designed a specific single distillation process uh, that is completely unique to Grey Goose. And this distillation process allows each bottle of Grey Goose to fully express the flavor of the wheat. And so it gives our, our vodka this smooth and full body taste. And actually, up to this point, Francois even continues to test every single batch of Grey Goose to ensure an unwavering quality and, and consistency. So I would say the focus on the quality of the ingredients, the focus on the wheat, on the water, the focus on really the process to make the best and extract the best out of the natural ingredients we use is what really makes Grey Goose different than any other vodka.
0: And I want to talk about your cellar master, Francois Thibault, um, you know, he's become sort of a celebrity in his own right. So mm-hmm. can you share the story about how he connected with American entrepreneur Sidney Frank and what he had in mind when he created Grey Goose Vodka?
1: Oh, it's a, it's quite a fascinating story, actually. So it, it started 25 years ago in 1997. And at the time, Sidney Frank, who was a serial entrepreneur in the drink business in the U.S., identified an opportunity for upgrading vodka right making a a better vodka a luxury vodka and so at the time he was uh, importing other spirits and he was importing a cognac and the seller master for this cognac was francois thibault and so frank uh, sydney frank sorry approached uh, francois thibault with this idea in his mind okay i want to create the world first super premium luxury vodka how do i do that you know you're french the french know-how is recognized around the world you have a know-how in creating super premium spirits in France. So how do we transfer this to create the top quality vodka? And so Francois said, yeah, I'm excited to venture into this space, but under one condition, I have full control of the process from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And so Sinefranc Frank said, okay, Banco, let's go, let's do it. And so that, that's what Francois did. And I described a bit the process before. So Francois put his French spirits making skills and creative spirits into this kind of alchemy of creating an unrivaled quality vodka with a taste, which is what really made a difference at the time.
0: And right from the beginning, Sidney Frank positioned Grey Goose as a luxury brand and never even wavered from that message. It really tapped into the zeitgeist of the late 90s prosperity. You know, its luxury status was elevated even more when the brand had prominent placement in Sex and the City script. Mm -hmm. And the Grey Goose brand name also dropped in lyrics in a plethora of rap songs. How has the brand evolved with the changing consumer notion of luxury?
1: Well, I would say that one piece that has not evolved is like the, uh, the, the fact that Grey Goose is synonymous with exceptional quality and smooth, natural ingredients, natural taste. So, so that hasn't changed. That said, it has not always been the primary focus of our communica- communications or, or marketing assets, marketing output. And as the definition of luxury has kind of evolved in, evolved in the last 25 years with a growing consumer knowledge Um, We've come from, uh, I would say, communication that was maybe more in the time of luxury of showing off the brand you buy or the brand you consume to more, you know, think about why do I choose this brand? I choose because of the best quality product. And particularly in the case of uh, brand you eat or you drink, you want to make sure you're buying the best natural ingredients. And so, since the 1990s, when we launched, I think we've shifted a bit of our messaging to be more transparent about our product, more transparent about our processes. The consumers know exactly why Gregus is the best and why it is worth paying more for. But you mentioned, you know, in, interestingly, the the hip hop songs and Sex and the City TV show, etc. And the reality is that Gregus has always been a brand on the pulse of culture, right? And popular culture has shifted. But Gregus has been part of it. So in the 19s, you know, we could be in those TV shows, we could buy a full page page ads in the, in the Wall Street Journal. Last year, we launched a 360 omni-channel campaign that we call Vive le Martini cocktail, which coincides with the current Martini resurgence. And using this popular cocktail, which as I mentioned, you know, three of the martinis are in the top 10 trending cocktails. So using this popular cocktail in our communications is another way for us to tell the quality of Grey Goose without necessarily talking about the ingredients, if you know what I mean, right? Because mm-hmm. a, a martini glass by itself, you see a martini glass, okay, you think chic and quality and sophistication, but right? mm-hmm. If you know about your martini cocktail, you know, it's made of only two ingredients right. that cannot hide. So you better choose the top quality vodka and the top quality vermouth in this case. And also we've continued our cultural partnership. So we consistently form partnership with cultural institutions. So in the last 15, 16 years now, we've been the uh, official cocktail of the U.S. Open in New York. So tennis open, the honey deuce is the name of the cocktail. And more recently, we started a partnership with the Grammy Awards. So as a brand, you know, Grey Goose has always had a keen eye for fighting those moments of impact that are relevant to our luxury consumer audience, even if, as you mentioned, in, in, the definition of luxury has continued to evolve.
0: A few years ago, pre-pandemic, Grey Goose launched its first major campaign in a decade under the global brand platform Live Victoriously. The messaging seemed to endorse a consumer shift toward more genuine and relatable luxury as opposed to luxury to impress others. What was your research showing you about young consumers that informed Grey Goose to take this kind of seize the day messaging approach?
1: If we look at Live Victoriously, when we launched it, it was truly a response to um, to Grey Goose being seen as the quintessential special occasion brand right so you have an anniversary you have a birthday you have like a promotion in your work you're going to pop grey goose, right in these big moments but our goal with live victoriously was to remind consumers that actually they deserve to treat themselves more often and to treat themselves they should choose the best and specifically this big vodka you know the best of all for those life celebratory moments that might not be only the traditional milestone, right? So why not celebrate you had a great day you know, and you you have friends come over and you haven't seen them in a while, you know? And that's those moments, the, the smaller moments that are important in your life. However, we have kind of evolved this brand platform since because we've gained right. a deeper understanding uh, about what treating, treating oneself really means to the luxury consumers of today. And our current platform is uh, an evolution of Live Victoriously. We call it Vive la Vodka. And Vive la Vodka is, is really about embracing this French joie de vivre whenever you can. And for us, what we learn from consumers is looking at the world of today, I think a lot of us live in a culture where performance, efficiency, you know, are kind of dominant. And um, so it prompted us to ask ourselves, you know, how much do we really have the time and the opportunity to fully enjoy life? And we are a French brand. And the French have this image that they know how to enjoy life. And we call this joie de vivre. And it's Mm -hmm. used in other languages as well. Yes. And um, so, this joie de vivre, what does it mean? You know, it means for us taking the time to fully enjoy life, taking the time to be truly surrounded by the people you love and you enjoy being with, you enjoy life also by being surrounded by by somehow the natural world you know have a a feeling of the presence of nature and these moments they're rare but we should get more of them we all seek more of them i think and with grey goose we think we have a role as a vehicle to give you more access to more of these moments where you can really fully enjoy this french joie de vivre
0: Plus, I think it was hard to live victoriously during lockdown. Uh, you no, know. <laughs> it was <definitely> not easy. <laughs> so it's not easy to do that. So it was a natural progression anyway. And around that time, you also partnered with branding agency Ragged Edge to do an entire rebranding of Grey Goose, new logo, identity packaging, et cetera. What was part of the larger brand refresh to reimagine Grey Goose for a new generation?
1: So it. Part of the Victoriously, indeed, uh, we have created uh, a new identity that came mostly through through packaging, I would say. The, the bottle hasn't changed, you know, but came mostly from the packaging. But as we evolved the Victoriously, we also evolved this, uh, this brand world towards a brand world that is much more grounded in the bottle itself. And if you look at the bottle of Grey Goose and, and reflect on it, you realize how much it is about... Uh, purity how much it's about nature you see through this window that invites you into a kind of a a smooth and pure and clean and fresh world you have the mountain and you have the sky and you have the the geese flying Uh, the blue is a dominant color of course so we've been inspired a lot more by this uh, world of the bottle to to update again our brand visual identity that we come we start to to implement so we some of the uh, the latest activation with it has been our Basel, actually, no less than 10 days ago, where we created a pop-up bar that we call the Bar Bleu. Right. And the visual identity of the brand, a lot fresher, a lot more natural, was really highlighted with blue mountain ranges, flying geese. And, and the, the floor was made of um, looking like the sky with, with, the, with the clouds. Some some you know nods to our soft winter wheat as well, and of course the iconic martini cocktail was really uh, uh, present uh, in this uh, in this uh, execution. So it is more appealing to a younger audience. It is really reaffirming how Gregus is grounded in its natural ingredients, without necessarily saying natural ingredients, but inviting people into a world uh, that is a lot more natural and, and inspiring. I think.
0: And studies have found that younger generations are drinking more sensibly than their older counterparts and prefer higher quality alcohol, challenging the industry to be more creative about how and what they market and sell. So how is Grey Goose marketing differently to young, more conscientious drinkers?
1: The difference would be um, somehow two ways. And um, what, what type of content do we provide to them? And where do we provide it to them? And so I think it goes back to the, the I think it was in the first question when we talked a bit about education of consumers and, and it is even stronger for the younger consumer. They are a lot more educated about what they drink, about what they eat, what they're putting into their bodies. And so they want to make sure they you know they, they buy the best product with the most natural ingredients. So I mentioned essences, for example. So essences speaks to that need for you know, natural ingredients, mm-hmm. fresh, vibrant flavors being mindful also of what you drink, uh, essences having a lower ABV as well. But for Grey Goose, our focus is, is to um, effectively communicate how products use these premium ingredients in a method that meets these younger consumers um, where they're at. And if we look at the multi-channel approach we have today, on the in the digital world, we make sure that we and invite those consumers and, and follow them in a digital journey where they will be told the story of Grey Goose and its quality differently, obviously consistently, but also differently depending on the specific subchannels where we target them. So on the touch point on an Instagram, the message might not be exactly the same as a touch point on Facebook or on a website with a banner, right? Because we want to make sure that we, give them the right content at the right time in the right context. So we have custom content that is really specific to each channel and meeting the expectation from these younger, more conscious consumers.
0: And you've done some really interesting local activations. You know, you opened up a bunch of boulangeries in major cities around the world that served bread from the same wheat used to create gray goose vodka. And you also took it on the road in a restored vintage citron van, mm-hmm. camionette, to create a bread delivery van and fully functioning martini bar. What are the roles of these installations and experiences in telling the gray goose story?
1: So huge role for these installations, those experiences. Uh, if I go back to the Bocardi, um, company, we have a belief that we not only create craft spirits, um, but we also craft connections, connections among people. And in those activations, in those installations, that's for us a fabulous way to craft those connections. And luxury. We talked earlier about the luxury evolution. Luxury is not anymore only about the product. For any luxury good, I think, it's not specific to luxury vodkas or luxury spirits. For any luxury good, it's all about the experience you have with this product. And our installation, our experiences, are the best way for consumers to really become immersed in our brand, to understand what we stand for, to feel, to touch, to hear what we stand for. They provide amazing live sampling moments as well, right? So we sample our cocktails, or high-quality martinis for example so it's an educational opportunity led by our teams of brand ambassadors for example and uh, those luxury cultural experiences really again bring people into the world of goose so when we are grey goose and when we launched grey goose essences for example a highlight of the launch um, program was when we uh, created immersive experiences called In Bloom. So we launched during COVID. So we had to uh, to do a concert series that was virtual at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was with Grammy award-winning artist Caesar. That was a huge success. And then for the second iteration where we could do it live, we did it past summer with uh, the Grammy nominee, Kelani. So we were able to bring consumers to the experience live on the Pier 17 in New York under under the uh, Manhattan and Brooklyn Bridges while still obviously streaming the performance uh, for people who could not attend. But for us, that's the type of experience, just like the the Art Basel, Bart Blue um, that I talked about before, to bring people into the world of our brand, to have them live um, and feel and experience, taste our cocktails, fall in love with our cocktails, and and really bring them a unique and memorable experience, which enable us to build a long-term relationship between our consumers and Grey Goose.
0: And we're starting to see big tech, big data, and AI infiltrating the drink space. You know, whiskey recipes designed by algorithm, wineries using AI in an attempt to minimize its impact on the environment, even AI analyzing reviews and social media posts so spirit brands can get a pulse in, of the zeitgeist around the new flavor. Is Grey Goose, or Bacardi for that matter, incorporating AI solutions in its development process?
1: So we're 100% uh, using AI in the, the research phase of development, development process, right? So we are at the forefront of technology uh, you know, re- research and we, we really understand the value of AI when it comes about understanding, as you mentioned uh, you know, what, what's listening tools, et cetera, what people are talking about on Google search or on YouTube or on other social uh, uh, channels. So we use it a lot um to to tag the consumers as well in their consumer journey to better understand of consumer behavior that's really at the core of it what what do we want to learn what do we want to understand from the consumer behavior and for us ai has proven incredibly useful technology to understand things like whether or not certain packaging will be impactful uh, when we develop new pack if an activation will be exciting if the eyes of the consumer will be drawn to where we want them to be drawn on a on a creative asset, etc. That said, if we look at the production itself of our product, it's still very traditional in a way, you know, um, we, we have François Thibault, seller master, he tastes still every batch, you know, to ensure the quality uh, and the taste remain consistent. So the level of dedication of the craftsmanship is still very important to us and I think something AI cannot replicate. Um so at this stage and you know, on the product standpoint, we, we do not compromise on the quality of a product. We are really very much focused on the people behind it, you know. But on the research, definitely, EI for us is extremely important.
0: Grey Goose has started dipping its toe in the metaverse these days. How is Grey Goose approaching its Web3 marketing strategy? I know you've done some things at the Grammy Awards. You created this one-of-a-kind martini-shaped bag that I think mm-hmm. was also minted into an NFT. And you did something recently at US Open with the virtual uh, meta VIP lounge in Decentraland. Tell me about the Web3 strategy for Grey Goose. What's your approach?
1: So Web3 is definitely a, an area that we are looking at uh, very closely. We know that our consumers are on Web3 today, and maybe not at huge numbers, but they will be in the near future. That's no question in our mind. So we have found some initial success, uh, dipping our toe, I would say, in the metaverse marketing. You mentioned the Grammys indeed. So we did a partnership with the, the fashion designer, Peter Dundas, mm-hmm. and he created uh, a bespoke martini bag that was um, um, worn by um, Paris Hilton on, on the red carpet of yep. the Grammys this year. But we also created the limited edition NFT version of this bag to be available for more people to purchase. So that was kind of our first attempt, I would say, in the metaverse marketing. And then you mentioned US Open. Definitely, that was kind of a step up for us versus uh, the, the first attempt. So when we look at our longstanding US partnership, US Open partnership, we saw an opportunity to create what we call the Gregus US Open Meta VIP Lounge. So, virtual recreation of our famed box suite in, in uh, the US Open. So, we have a suite that is very, um, that is a destination that a lot of people would like to attend. So, we went on Decentraland. We took the element of this suite. We created an immersive tennis inspired landscape that pays tribute to this partnership between Gregus and the US Open in a really vibrant experience in the metaverse. And uh, for the duration of the, the US Open, the tournament, two weeks. All visitors could enter, participate in interactive games, challenges to win a variety of prizes, limited edition virtual wearables, and they could even win physical items like merchandising or even tickets to attend the next year's U.S. Open in the Gregor suite. And we actually really exceeded all our expectations with this activation. 30,000 wearables were downloaded, so 30,000, that's quite quite huge, so it means that today there are 30,000 Grey Goose hats or backpacks uh, where th- that people wear or their avatars wear in Decentraland, so it's, it's quite uh, quite exciting. So we've seen that our target audience is very interested in the metaverse, uh, but in the end of the day, our priorities is really to create programming that meets our consumer where they are, they are in the metaverse, but we want to ensure that any sort of our virtual experience has a very strong connection to how consumer will engage with our brand in the real world, with our brand and with our products. So, for us, the U.S. Open provided a great opportunity since it's already like in the in the the theme of gaming. So it made sense to be in the metaverse. It made sense for us to to create a metaverse experience. Um, so definitely, we plan to continue to engage in this in in the metaverse more in the future, with always this filter that has to be done in a way that I that is authentic uh, to our brand and to our ethos.
0: Well, speaking of the future, economic uncertainty and rising inflation are affecting several industries and driving brands to moderate their marketing expenses going into 2023. How's it looking for Grey Goose?
1: So Grey Goose as I mentioned before, we we've had a, a fabulous last couple of years, strong growth. So we feel we feel pretty good about 2023. Um we've been fortunate to maintain these growth to have No issue with our production, you know, to production meeting or increasing demand, uh, as we've seen our sales skyrocket. So that's a a great situation to be in. Obviously, there is uh, a lot of uncertainty, to your point, uh, about 2023. I'm not going to disclose, obviously, uh, any marketing spend. But if we have uh, have a look at what's happening in 2023, super exciting. We have a lot of exciting launches. I'm not going to talk specifically, but we have Mm -hmm. some innovations coming up. We have exciting campaigns coming up. And we know we're going to continue to make a big impact with, with Grey Goose. And if I i am passionate about history, I, I love to look at the past. If we look at Grey Goose in the past 25 years, we've been through a few global economic crises. Um, and we've always maintained our commitment, to creating high quality product. We've always been the number one super premium vodka. We've maintained our status, we've maintained our high awareness, our high quality, top awareness, top quality um, image among all vodkas. So we'll continue to, to do just that in the year ahead.
0: Martin, my final question is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. If you were stranded on a deserted island and you can only have one luxury item with you what would that one luxury item be? It can't be any form of air or water transportation to get you off that island or you anything that requires mobile service so you can call someone to get you off that island. <laughs> so it's just you, some palm trees, lots of sand, lots of water. What would that one luxury item you would like to have with you?
1: Well, um, just thinking about it, like makes me uh, makes me hungry. But uh, I'm going to talk <laughs> about food. <laughs> you know, being French, you shouldn't be surprised. I'm going to tell you about luxury food. What you might be surprised about, it's not a French luxury food item in this case. But I'm a huge, huge fan of the most prestigious jamón de bellota, the pata mm-hmm. negra ham from Spain. I can eat a lot of it. It's made with a certain species of black pigs from the Iberian Peninsula. It, it's only acorn. It is so full of delicate flavors, intense aromas. Just melt in your mouth. You see, I'm getting hungry.
0: Melted I know. My mouth. Mouth. my mouth is watering <laughs> you as, you're, are as, well? <laughs> as the way you're, <laughs> the way you're describing so, so, it. <laughs>
1: so, so delicious. I mean, it would make my day in any circumstances. It would certainly make my day on a deserted island.
0: So a lifetime supply, of course.
1: Of course. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matad Dedroy, Vice President of Global Marketing at Great Goose. Thank you so much for joining me on the luxury item. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.